This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. If they expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing, I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast as we look ahead to Everton away this Saturday afternoon. I'm Billy Muddy, joined by Jamie Castle and Kieran Robertson. Jamie, how are you getting on today? Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to a trip to Goodison Park, albeit it's going to be a bit of a pain in the arse given that there's no trains. Um, but then equally pleased that I didn't make the trip down to Devon, eh, Kieran? Yeah, Kieran made the trip to Devon. How was it? To be fair, lads, I've always been a fan of Cornwall anyway. <laughs> but um, it was one of those driving down. Now, my dad is quite a, I don't want to say big-headed Luton fan, but he's quite a more overconfident Luton fan. And to be honest, every Luton fan was very confident about last night. Um, very much like, yeah, walking the park kind of vibes, you know, like walking up to the ground and the big bank, as they call it. All I could hear was just a doom. Doom, like a drum and just a mountain of noise and I was like where are they? is that coming from walking the ground the big bank's full an hour before kickoff whereas we're walking in like oh here's your free tea and coffee la 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 and I was like oh I swear not off to a good start here are we do you know what I mean um the dust has settled I'm a little bit less annoyed than I was last night but we're gonna get into it we're gonna dissect it um yeah it's a sticky one, that's for sure. 
And before Kieran's head fully comes off when we go into the events of last night, I'm going to ask again for, for everybody to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Oak Road Hatter, as we plan a big giveaway in the coming weeks. Now, it wouldn't be a normal season if we didn't make an early cup exit. This time, it was at the hands of Exeter. Kieran alluded to it there. It was noisy. It was a little bit like Grimsby in, in the way that um, it was obviously a big game for them. A Premier League opposition coming down to St. James's Park. It was noisy. It was eventful. But ultimately, it was a game where us Luton fans were confident and excited for some of the players that are more on the fringes of things to really make an impact and start adding comp deep competition into into the squad um and it's fair to say kieran that, that not many not many players done themselves justice last night no and sort of the phrase that i've used the last sort of 12 to 24 hours has been not really done themselves any favors um the lineup on paper, I looked at it and didn't have a single problem at all. Like that was probably the expected lineup. You needed a couple of first teamers in there. Um, but I like the fact that Mengi started. I like the fact that you had Johnson starting. Like all in all, it was a good lineup. And you look at it and go, yeah, you're not expecting four or five nils, but you're also expecting to get a win and walk out of there into round four. Um, and about five, ten minutes in, it became quite evident that that just wasn't going to be the case. Um, Exeter wanted it more. We started well and we had a couple of good chances at the start. Just didn't take them. Just wanted to take that extra step, that extra touch, make that extra pass and we just really didn't need to against League One opposition. And then we let them just grow into the game, basically. That was as simple as it was and it became more apparent as the minutes went on. One of us looked like the Premier League side and it wasn't Luton last night. Yeah, very... Um... Annoying. I think that's the word. It's annoying that, that a lot of those players that could be adding real levels of competition to, to our current Premier League squad didn't put in that kind of performance that, that we would have expected as, as Luton fans. Jamie, you didn't get to see it like me, but I was listening to it. I was growing more and more frustrated, probably not as frustrated as Kieran actually being there. Um, but what, what do you take away from it? Do you see that as being um, a hindrance to our you know Premier League campaign and, and trying to get back on track from a points perspective or do you see it as you know that was a low we've as a football club we've recovered very very well from difficult positions before do you see it as another you know opportunity to to bounce back and, and be better than than what we've seen so far uh, yeah, I mean, it's frustrating, right? Did I want to go through to the next round of the Cup? Yeah, as I said on previous pods, a Cup run is always nice as a fan. It's a bit of a distraction from the league. I think when you're going well in the league in terms of winning week in, week out, you don't want the, the distraction. But sometimes when you're struggling for points and struggling for wins, it, it, it's often a nice distraction to sort of give you a bit of a mental refresh. So yeah, it is frustrating. But we've been here before. I mean, as you said, Grimsby and Newport last year, it was Stevenage the year before um, and both seasons the, the, in the league, we still did really well. So I, I'm not looking at it too deeply. I think in hindsight, have, now with the news of Laconga being out for some time, Lockyer apparently having a scan, I think for me, the absolute priority now is that everyone comes through unscathed. Um, 
So the fact that Bell and Burke hopefully are are good. Anderson, albeit he's not not quite Tom Lockyer just yet, but I think he's done enough to make us not concerned if he starts at the, at the weekend. Um, yeah, it's just all about not risking your people now because as it is, we've, we've only got 24-man squads. That's with Potts, Osho, Clark being out, Lekonga now being out, Lockyer having a scan. Suddenly you're down to 19 bodies and you think, well, you you really are sort of on the edge now. Um, so, yeah, as, as much as a win last night would have been preferred... It's just all about at this at this point being able to be be strong and start as strong as we can at, at Everton on Saturday. And we've spoken a little bit so far, Kieran, about what went wrong, but but what kind of elements um, of the game most worried you um, going into into Saturday and, and even beyond that? Were there play, were there individual performances that that particularly concerned you, or was it more? of the collective disappointment? I think it was more as a collective because some of the sort of things I alluded to in the article was sort of positional play more than anything. I think that's why a lot of players struggled. Like, for example, we had Eli and Woodrow starting in that front three and with Woodrow's positioning more so, I just couldn't work out what it was we were sort of trying to achieve with him. Like, he was on the left at one point, at least at the start. Then he's drifting in the middle then he's dropping deep and it was just it was like okay this is fine but what's he kind of doing right then you had Berry and Pelly as a midfield too which is amazing but the pair of them as individuals thrive so much better in a three and you sort of had Luke Berry playing in that sitting role which one he can he can do and that is fine but in terms of getting the best out of Luke Berry that's not where he should have been playing and Pelly was pushing further forward than him, I'd have done that the other way around. And arguably, I think I'd have rather seen Berry in that front three than a Woodrow, quite possibly, or even sort of put Chong in the midfield three and have a two up top rather than that three. It's tough. I understand that, obviously, you want to play the same formation in the cup as you do the league and set the same standards. That I've alluded to that many times before. But it was just... It was a tough watch. Um, it felt a bit disjointed at times. The left side, again, noticeably weak, whether it was Johnson, Giles, Woodrow, just not a lot going there. When it went down the right, it was decent, only because Alfie Doughty was getting involved and he was the bright spark on that side. But other than that, there was nothing. There was The key theme that was lacking was urgency, quite honestly. And we'll go into an individual performance here, Kieran. Tiedem Mengi, uh, a lot of us Luton fans that didn't make the trip, um, I haven't seen him play yet. You got your first glimpse of Mengi. What do you think of him? Like I said at the start, I was really happy to see him start because I have never seen him play. I've only heard sort of rumblings of what he's like um, in terms of what to expect from him. Obviously, he was the captain of under-21s at United. Um and sort of had blown reviews based off of that. And he started at the right side of the three, which is why I expected would be when you have Mads Anderson in the team as well. Until the cheap yellow card in the first half, I thought he was going really well. Um, touch was a little bit baggy, but fine. It can be excused. He's not played much football in recent months. It's just one of those things that he's still young and that naturally is going to iron out over time, especially playing in the system where you are going to see a lot more of the ball. 
and being more of a ball playing centre half as opposed to say a stopper, let's say. However, he got the cheap yellow card 25, 30 minutes into the game. And after that, it was almost like that dented his confidence. And the thing is, it wasn't the worst of tackles. It was just a second too late for the yellow card. It, he didn't need to put the challenge in, but fine. You excuse it a little bit. But after that, he let. it was almost like he let that sort of shape the rest of his game for the next hour. And that's ultimately what led to, well, the result quite frankly, was sort of that general theme then spreading across the team rather than just one performance. What a great word to, to, to describe a player's touch. It was a bit baggy. What what a word, Kieran. I love that. You, you, you See, superb I, linguist. I only got that because one, one time I was playing six aside and I'd scored a few goals and it felt like after I'd scored the goals, my I just went terrible, like <laughs> nothing would stick. And I had one of their defenders go, oh, look at the striker now. He's got the baggiest touch I've ever seen. And I was like, I like that. It's like, that'll stick. And what's brilliant Can't about that is that everybody knows exactly yeah, what you mean. Yeah. It does not make sense, but it does. Anyway, it's one yeah. of them words. And don't get me wrong, Mengi's touch was not as bad as uh, me trying to take it down off of a goal kick, right? But it was more, if a ball gets played and he's trying to turn out, it's a little bit like, it's gone and he's a bit like, oh, yeah. he's trying to run after it rather than just being like, right, I've turned out and I can play. It's like, I've turned out, oh, no, I've got to chase it. Ah, now I can play it. It's just like a bit, almost a bit rushed. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, you don't need to rush, big man. At least in your position, you really don't. I guess it was a good opportunity, Jamie, for, for Mengi to really impose himself. The news about Lockyer going for a scan, it could potentially uh, sort of make him rise up the pecking order. Um, so, so going into the Everton game, of course, we'll go into it in a bit more detail. Does Mengi become somebody that maybe doesn't start because we, we, if Lockyer is not available, you'd expect Anderson to come in? But does that make him get that little bit closer to that starting eleven and, and that uh, squad for for the Everton game? I mean, if if Lockyer is out, it's pretty much all we've got on the bench, right? I think you've got Bell, Anderson, Burke. You got Oshos injured, Potts injured, Lockyer injured. So. <laughs> I mean, I've not seen him play and I'm, I'm hopeful of, of what, what he can be for us. But yeah, I think it gets to the point where he has to because you've not got anyone else unless you start sticking Joe Johnson on the bench, um, which he, he might do, but certainly not as, as that fourth choice centre-half. Um, so no, yeah, it's important to get some minutes into his leg for sure. As as Kieran described his baggy touch, that, that only gets better with time and, and with games. So hopefully at, at Goodison, it's, it's less baggy. Hey, Kieran. And talk about baggy touches, Issa Kabore. Um, <laughs> we've all seen the goal now on Twitter. Uh, Kieran, I think when we spoke about it off air, you mentioned that you couldn't really see what was going on um, to its fullest extent, but watching it back, it doesn't make for good viewing. Put it this way, I am really glad I did not see that in full in person because watching it back, I felt ill. Like, it's just defending 101. If you're in doubt, you get it out. Like, there's just no ifs or buts. In that position, miscommunication or not, because I'll get on to that as well, miscommunication or not, if you're in doubt of that ball and you're not sure what's around you, just lump it. Slap it in row Z. Hit some kid in the bank. I don't mind. Just get that ball as far away from the goal as possible. Like, and anyone can try and sort of go, oh, it's not really his fault. Cruel's communication wasn't great. This and the other. I don't care. Just literally, if he 
rest his foot forward, it goes out for a corner. And yeah, fine, you're still under the cosh on a corner. But that's based on their corners in that game. They weren't scoring from them. They were scoring on counter-attacks. So fine, give them a corner. Get it out and go again. Because the worst, I think the worst part about the goal was the subs come on, Brown, Morris or Bene mainly, and they were live wires, all three of them. And the fact there was, there was chances getting created, they weren't the best quality, but they were getting created because they were putting themselves about. And it's weird that Exeter went from dominating the game to then they scored their goal. And I thought, that's actually against the run of play, weirdly, for a team that's dominated the game. They then get a cheap free kick, one ball, one cross, and it's in. And you're like, oh, he's, even though you you don't deserve the win in terms of like a full 90-minute slate, you look at that goal and it's um, honestly, it's unforgivable, quite frankly. Like, that's the nicest way I can say it is the defending's unforgivable. I'm actually quite pleased he made that mistake last night, to be honest. I mean, I think don't underestimate the impact of a situation like that scarring a player mentally, not scarring in a bad way, but just ensuring that they don't ever forget that mistake. So I, I guarantee you, if he's in that position at, at, at Everton on Saturday, he puts out for a corner. So, yeah, I, I think in a in a weird way, I'm, I'm pleased that he made that mistake last night. He's a young boy. He came on, didn't start. He came on with 20 minutes to go, probably with the intention to go, to go forward and try and help get, get a goal. So he was, I guess, found wanting in that situation in an environment he's not used to. Um, so, yeah, one of those things for me. Better at Exeter than Everton. Yep. We're going to head on for a short break. When we're back, we're going to preview that aforementioned game against the Toffees. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. We are back for part two of today's episode where we will now preview Everton away. Everton started the season pretty poorly, uh, struggled for points. Their only point in the first five games was uh, away at Sheffield United. And even that was seemingly a struggle. Their last game, though, a 3-1 victory against Brentford. Um, an impressive display after what they'd shown so far and, and ultimately... Jamie, I'll come to you first. It's it's a weird time to play in because we we're probably up until the the Brentford game we had our own thoughts about this being a very important game given how disappointing they looked, but they returned a good performance and and that changes the the dynamic a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic result for them at Brentford. No getting away from that whatsoever. Um, a Brentford side that. 
probably started well and are starting to struggle slightly without without Tony. Um, but regardless, still a, a great result and a great performance. I think that they won the XGs, and uh, so the, overall, you could say they deserve to win. Um, but I still think there's some some frailties in 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 their side. I think that that their midfield athletically is really strong with who is it Gay Decore and 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 one other. Um, it's just yeah, I, I think it's a midfield that could overrun us if they get the momentum, especially if we play that midfield too with Nikamba plus one, whether that's Pelly or Barkley or Berry or whoever Robert uh, Edwards chooses to partner Nikamba. But I think as a back four, it, it can be got at. Um, Brant Freight, albeit was was on my list pre-season as someone I'd, I would like to see at Luton, but he's still young. He's partnered with, with Tarkovsky, who again has, has had a, a, a good career, but I still think can be got at if 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 you run at him. And then full-backs of Ashley Young and, and Mikolenko. And I think, yeah, again, like good players, but n- nothing overly frightening. So, yeah, I think good, good result for them but last weekend. Um, but let's just hope that they have inconsistencies. And that was a, a, just a one-off good performance rather than a, a sign of, 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 of changing fortunes and, and, and ability. And Kieran, it's been four points so far. They sit in 16th, yet to get a point at Goodison Park. And, and it's been a little bit toxic at Goodison Park from, from what we've seen so far. It still presents itself as a good opportunity. I know we, we, we speak of that game there, the, the 3-1 victory against Brentford. But, but ultimately, it's one of those games that you look at, looked at the start of the season and thought, this is a good, good chance to, to get some points on the board. Yeah, it's one of those where, like you said, they've not won at home yet this season. And I think it presents that environment of if we go there and get the first goal, albeit we don't seem to know how to hit a barn door at the moment, let alone a a goal. Um, If we get the first goal or even if we're on top, first 25, 30 minutes, that atmosphere is going to go the wrong way for them. And they won away from home at Brentford. That was a really, really good result for them. And I was quite surprised. And it's not really what you wanted to see when you just struggled to get a win against Wolves and then you've now just gone and lost to Exeter in the Cup. But the thing is, as crap as the Exeter result is, it really shapes us up to sort of go again for Saturday. You've got the likes of Carlton Morris and Pelly all coming out sort of like, yeah, that was terrible. They sort of understand how bad their performances were. So then it sort of becomes a thing on Saturday. It's like, all right, prove it to us and show us that improvement now. And I think we're more than capable of doing it. There's a lot of weaknesses in that Everton team. And I think as a collective, when the pressure gets too much, they they can't handle it. And I think we we kind of have a lot less pressure because of the expectations that are set on us and because of the Exeter loss. It's actually gone, everyone's thinking we're terrible. So if we go there and prove them otherwise, what's to say we can't get a good result? And then that Exeter performance swiftly gets forgotten if we get something, if we get all three points. Um, that's 100%. So we've we spoken, Jamie, about Everton's midfield, the potential of being overrun by, by three powerhouses that they have in that uh, middle of the park. Uh, where else do you see Everton threatening? They've played better over the last few weeks, but, but Calvert-Lewin is fit. There's good competition there. 
Um, they're a team that typically are quite direct. They've got Sean Dyche as a manager who who thrives off uh, direct football and picking up second balls and creating in the final third from there. What do you expect from Everton and where else do you see them potentially threatening us come Saturday? Yeah, I think as you pointed out, that centre forward position is a very interesting selection for Dyche at the weekend. Um, Beto, I think, is a good signing. Um, and he's, he started well. You think he scored, what, twice now or three times across League and Cup? Um, but then you've got Carrot Lewin, who has played for England for a reason. He's, I think he's he's been a big, big miss for Everton at times in the last few years, just due to injury. Um, and he's back fit now. So do you do, do you go with one of them uh, do you go with better who's been starting started well and keep him or do you do or do you go with i guess former clear first choice and and sort of talisman Cavett Lewin, or do you go both i think that, that they've played a, a 4411 with with uh Ducure just off off better but, but but i know Sean Dyche likes 442 can can you change that to to play both DCL and and better together so that's going to be a really interesting selection I think the only other player that that is is, is a very dangerous player for me is Dan Juma. Now he, he missed out away at Brentford because they played Garner in that sort of withdrawn wide central midfield position. Um, but if they do do a, a proper four four two or four four one one, then they'll they'll need a, a wide midfielder there when they've got Dan Juma and 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 I'm on the other side. But I think Dan Juma is is the one that is I think for me more potent and. More athletic and and I think just 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 the high quality player. So if if they start him at the weekend with with Beto and Calvert Lewin, then that suddenly they've got three very good attacking threats on the, on the pitch. And not not that it would be, a, be it would be a, 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 a scary task, but I think that they suddenly become a lot more dangerous. Jamie, I'll stick with you with this one. What do you think the approach will be on on Saturday? We I don't know at Fulham we saw very little of the ball, but we counted to to a good effect and and created three really good openings. And in the meantime, we really really restricted them to very little in front of goal. Wolves again restricted them to very little, but we saw a lot more of the ball. Um, of course, we created even more opportunities, and and we, you know, felt a little bit aggrieved that that we didn't come away with all three points. Because we're away again, um, can you see the game plan reverting back to something like Fulham, where we see little of the ball? I know Everton, uh, Everton as a unit, don't tend to see much possession themselves, but do you think it will be uh, drop deep and, and counter? Yeah, I think the last two games in particular, I don't think the game plan's been wrong. I just think there's been moments in the game, margins in the game. I think if you play the Fulham game 100 times, we probably draw that. 75 times and win win a further 10 or 15 times I think if if Bell puts that in that chance early in the second half you're one up with 40 to play and chances are you see that out um, likewise Wolves if you play that 100 times we, we score in the first half maybe one maybe two and we go on to win it so yeah I don't think the game plan is wrong and I don't think there's, there's much that needs changing Um Preference would be to play that like we did against Wolves. Just back ourselves. Ultimately, I think I appreciate if you're away at your cities and your arsenals, the gap is so vast that you need to adapt your style. But the gap to Wolves isn't that vast. Like, okay, they've got Aneto, who is borderline world class in 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 the way he plays. But generally, eleven v eleven. 
that that there isn't that much of a difference in in, in our teams, and I, I think you need to back yourself a little bit, and and that that applies to Everton, that applied to Fulham as well, and that will apply to Burnley on Tuesday. Um, so my preference would be just to back ourselves a bit more, and and especially if you've got Ogbené, very front-footed player. I think suddenly if if we become a bit less front-footed, is his potency reduced a little bit probably? Um, so yeah, that's my preference. But equally, if if we do go back to the more Fulham, Fulham way, then I would still back us to 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 at least get a point out of the game. We'll go on now to starting eleven predictions. Uh, it becomes a little bit more difficult than in previous weeks, given the the added to injury list. Lockyer being a doubt with the with the scan news. Uh, Lokonga obviously going to miss a a couple of months, it it seems. That in itself adds selection dilemmas, but of course there's competition in around the squad. Not that those at Exeter made uh, decisions more difficult for for Rob. I'll come to you first, Kieran, because you've seen Exeter. um, You've seen it all recently. So give me your starting 11 for for Everton. I've seen it all recently. That's That's a good quote into the depths of Devon and back. So, for me, um, let's go. Starting 11. Kaminsky, Kabore, back three, realistically, is going to be Burke, based on Lockyer being out, Anderson and Bell, with Doughty, left wing back. Those two, they need to start as a pair. The Bell and Doughty combination, let's say. The midfield... I would assume is probably going to be Kelly and Nakamba based on current injuries. And then I would like a front three of Morris, Brown and Ogbené. If we're not going to start Brown, I would start Chong, but I'd put him in the three and have a two up top of Morris and Ogbené as a potential alternative. Jamie, your move. Yeah, I can't argue too much of that. Um, yeah, keep up same back three. Obviously, if Locke's fit, then he starts over Anderson. But if not, it's Anderson. Wing backs, yeah, Kabore, despite the mistake I thought was excellent against Wolves, so keeps his, keeps his place. Doughty has been excellent against Wolves and by all accounts wasn't awful at Exeter, so keeps his place. Um, yeah, front three, yeah, Brown can't argue, Ogbené can't argue, Morris can't argue. So I think... The, the one the one position now up for debate really is who partners to Canberra. Um and I think yeah, Lakonga is no get there's no getting away from it is is a big miss. I think okay, it's only been two games, so it's it's harsh to say that our season is, is over because he's out because like I said he he's only been in been in for two games. But it's important we get that partnership right. Now okay, it's it's a risk, I think, to have Pelly as, as that starting midfielder. I think I say it's a risk. I think the social media opinion is that it's a risk. Um, but ultimately, all he's really made a mistake I was Brighton away first game of the season. I think he's come on since then in terms of substitute appearances twice in the Premier League. And I thought certainly against Wolves, I thought I thought he, he looked really good when he came on. He he was brave and uh, and he worked well with the camera. I thought when he came on against Wolves, um, and for me, my gut fear is is all part of of the Petty story. I think we've been here before, right? Where he's lost his place to to some new shiny signing or some lone player, but time and time again he he shows us what he's made of. 
Um, so I'm just hopeful that this is a, another one of those moments. Um, so we really do back Pelly, and I think if if he gets it right, that partnership of the Canberra and Pelly could be really good for us. Um, so full faith in us and full faith in him rather. And I think he he he's, he he deserves that that trust and respect to be given the shirt and and almost it's his to lose. Um, so Pelly Wadik and Panzu, do what you've done time and time again. And, and grab that starting place with, with both hands. And I do think Pelly would work. Uh, we've spoken on it before. We've spoken about it today. Pelly as part of a two is an interesting di- uh, dilemma. I do think he does suit that, that two yeah, in the well. field. I think the energy he gives you. Um, of course, I think he, he needs a little bit more time on possession. And that's something that, that may be uh, somewhat of a negative. But I think what he gives you out of possession when chasing the ball, when harrying, he is the kind of player you want. And uh, Nakamba does it well, but I think Pelly's got this intelligence to him out of possession. He, he almost anticipates the next uh, next ball very, very well. And I think in a game where there's the potential of being um, overpowered, I think this could be an ideal game for him to come back into. Um whether that is part of a midfield three or a midfield two, again, that's a, re- a really difficult call. I think given the, the what Ogbeno displayed against Wolves, you, you almost are excited to see him play in that position again. So I think that for me, I'm the same as pretty much what you've both said, that that's starting 11 that you've both gone for. It's difficult to, to go against that, but at the same time, a 5-3-2 where Chong plays uh, so Chong and Pelly play as number eight okay, I, I think that's something that we could see uh, but yeah definitely definitely um, interesting at this point given the the injury list the fast growing injury list which you just don't need when you're struggling to pick up points in in the Premier League let's go to score predictions the one that everybody is waiting for Jamie bring some optimism yeah, I was sat here and I'm like, do not let the League Cup result affect your opinion. Um, I stand by it. If we played that Fulham game 100 times, we'd, we'd get a point eight of them and we'd probably get a 1-0 win, 10-15 of them. Um, so I think it's it's time to get that 1-0 win to, to get us going. That, 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 that famous away performance. Um, but this time... On the end of that, Jacob Brown cross isn't Amari Bell. It's it's Colton Morris or or, or Bene. Um sticks it in one 0 him. Love it, Kieran. Are you on the same wavelength there? Two one Luton Town. Typical Luton win where we're going to go one nil down and we're going to give Everton a bit of false hope. Oh no, Luton are losing again. La 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 la. Calvert Lewin. Yeah, whatever, mate. Boring. And then Obene is going to have Ashley Young on toast because he's a pensioner compared to Obene. And Obene is literally the fastest player in the league. So, see you later. 1-1. And then Captain Reliable, Carlton Morris, will get another controversial penalty just to really wind people up once again. Except this time, we'll take three points home. Cheers. Love it. Love it. So, Captain Carlton Morris, fantastic for FPL. Do I risk it? Do I not? Find out. That is a very big question. That is a very Triple big captain. question. Find out Triple soon. Captain. Find out soon. Do I risk it? I mean, it, 
if Carlton keeps scoring goals, I have to do a bloody roller coaster bet, don't I? So Carlton <laughs> lightly score score on Saturday and then pack it in, will ya? <laughs> just for a, just for a little bit. Do you know I'm hopping off the fence as well. I'm going to go for a also two one Luton win. Um, I think we're going to go ahead for the first time this season as well. Um, I'm going to go for Colton Morris and. Mads Anderson, I think. I think we're going to be impactful from set pieces once again. And it will be the Dane that rises highest. Well, that is it for today. A big thank you to the pair of you for joining me. And a big thank you to everyone watching and listening at home. As I said at the top of the show, we're planning a giveaway at the moment. So make sure you're subscribed to Oak Road Hatter for a chance to win said giveaway until next week until Monday it is goodbye from us the TalkSport fan network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year as football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.